It's 930 in 716. Stacking the deck against President Trump. It's clear that Trump is the target and he'll be indicted eventually. We think it was done intentionally to subvert campaign finance laws. We think it was done intentionally to affect the election. The real remedy for any discontent, the real remedy for any dissent, is at the ballot box, not by impeachment. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716. Political fireworks in Washington again. Democratic Representative Adam Schiff says there's a very real prospect that on the day President Donald Trump leaves office, the Justice Department may indict him and he, quote, may be the first president in quite some time to face the real prospect of jail time, end quote. House Democrats have raised the possibility of impeachment or incarceration for Trump if it's proved he directed illegal hush money payments to women. Trump has denied wrongdoing and has compared investigations to a witch hunt. And in a sentencing memo from President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, claims he acted in coordination and at the direction of the president during the 2016 campaign regarding hush money. David Wright has more from the White House. President Trump could be in legal jeopardy. That's the conclusion even some Republicans are drawing from the case in New York against Trump's longtime lawyer, Michael Cohen. If you read the sentencing memo the Southern District filed in Cohen's case, it's clear that Trump is the target and he'll be indicted eventually. The document filed in federal court recommends jail time for Cohen because of crimes he committed allegedly in coordination with and at the direction of Trump himself. Those crimes relate to the hush money Cohen paid adult film star Stormy Daniels and former Playboy playmate Karen McDougal. The incoming chair of the House Judiciary Committee said the Democratic-led Congress will investigate that and other alleged efforts to influence the election, but said it's too early to tell whether impeachment is warranted. An impeachment is, is an attempt to, to, in effect, overturn or change the result of the last election. You should do it only for very serious situations. President Trump insists he has nothing to fear. According to everybody I've spoken to, I have not read it. Uh, there's absolutely no collusion, which is very important. Trump's former campaign chair, Paul Manafort, is facing the prospect of serious jail time. Republican Marco Rubio cautioned President Trump to think twice about pardoning Manafort. Not only does it not pass the smell test, I just I think it undermines the, the reason why we have presidential pardons in the first place. And I think, in fact, if something like that were to happen, it could trigger a debate about whether the pardon powers should be amended given these circumstances. So what's it all mean? We have a few voices to hear from on this ongoing saga. Martha Raddatz hosting ABC This Week Sunday talking it out with Chief Legal Analyst Dan Abrams and former prosecutor and New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Dan, let me start with you. A lot of different investigations, a lot of strands here. Let's go piece by piece and start with the Southern District of New York and its sentencing memo on Michael Cohen. One of the biggest headlines out of that report relates to campaign finance violations that came out of the so-called hush money payments to Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal. They note in the report... Cohen played a central role in two similar schemes to purchase the rights to stories, each from women who have claimed to have had an affair with individual one so as to suppress the stories and thereby prevent them from influencing the election. He acted in coordination with and at the direction of individual one 
the president being, quote, individual one. So the government appears to directly implicate President Trump in something that's a federal crime. How much of a legal threat does this pose to the president, Dan? Well, look, I, I think this is the biggest legal threat we've seen so far. This is not Mueller's team. This is the federal prosecutors who, in essence, work for Donald Trump in the Southern District of New York, who filed this sentencing memo, which basically says, we think this crime is really serious. We think it was done intentionally to subvert campaign finance laws. We think it was done intentionally to affect the election at the coordination, with coordination from and at the direction of Donald Trump. It is the first time that I've seen something in connection with this investigation where I've said to myself, you know what, I think they might actually seek to indict Donald Trump here. That doesn't mean that they would seek to try him, but maybe just to indict him. Because by implicating him so directly in this way, and in effect by name, these prosecutors are making clear, we think this crime is serious and we think he's involved. And Governor Christie, if you were still a U.S. attorney, would you indict the president? Well, first off, there's Justice Department policy which says that you can't indict a president. So, you know, my guess is that I wouldn't and that I'd follow Justice Department policy. Now, I agree with Dan um, that the language in the sentencing memo is different than what we've heard before. We have heard before from Michael Cohen that he did this in coordination with the president. The, the only thing that would concern me if I were the president's team this morning about uh, this sentencing memo is the language. The language sounds very definite. And what I'd be concerned about is what corroboration do they have? Because everyone knows that Michael Cohen is not going to be the most effective or trustworthy witness on the stand, um, given some of his past statements. The question is, they sounded very definitive. And in my experience, the problem is when prosecutors are that definitive, they've got more usually than just one witness. Now, the flip side for the prosecutors is they better have more than one witness on this, because if you're shooting at the president of the United States and the only bullet in your gun is Michael Cohen, well, then I think that's a problem. So I think it'd be very interesting to see how this plays out. But I, I note the same thing that Dan did. Um, I've always said, Martha, on this air that I thought that the Michael Cohen situation was much more perilous for the White House than was Bob Mueller. There's no Russian collusion. There's been no proof of Russian collusion. Um, and I don't think there's going to be. It doesn't appear to me there will be. Um, this is the, the stuff that's much more, should be much more concerning to the White House legal team. And that language is very, very strong and very definitive. So the prosecutors better have corroboration. Because if they don't, they just go with Michael Cohen. That's a problem. But if they do have corroboration, that could be a problem for the White House. Well, I think they should be taking it very seriously. You know, the president said these documents totally cleared him, a statement which I think most lawyers found totally baffling. This morning, political analyst Steve Roberts talking with our Susan Rose and Brian Mazurowski. The fact is that there was a lot of damning information in these uh, legal documents, starting, as you point out, with the fact that the um, prosecutor said that individual one, the president, directed uh, his lawyer, uh, Michael Cohn, to make these hush money payments to these two women um, and that uh, these are payments which violated campaign finance laws and were directly aimed at influencing the outcome of the election by suppressing potentially damaging testimony from these women. So, um, And this is only one of a whole series of, of uh, examples like this. Now, it's, it's pretty clear, uh, according to Justice Department regulations and, and American tradition, that a, pres a sitting president cannot 
be indicted for a crime and that the only real remedy, legal remedy, is impeachment. Uh, so is the president in immediate legal jeopardy? Um, I think the answer is no. But is he in political jeopardy? Does this cascade of, uh, of accusations help aggravate the president's biggest political problem, which we saw in the off-year elections? Uh, better educated voters, particularly women in the suburbs of cities like Buffalo, drifting away from this president because of character issues, not because of policy, but character issues. And does this kind of uh, these kinds of documents add to these doubts, add to these these uneasiness about the president's character and moral leadership? I think the answer is yes. I think that's his biggest vulnerability, at least between now and the 2020 election. Uh, Steve, what are you expecting when Democrats take over the House next month with respect to the president? This is a very good question. Um, There's no doubt that they'll be very vigorous in investigating the president. No doubt that they have a long list of subpoenas they want to issue and witnesses they want to summon and questions they want to ask, all of which is legitimate. The risk for them is going beyond the legitimate to reaching, overreaching, and talking about impeachment, uh, at least from what we know now. I think most Americans, uh, no matter what they think of the president as his lack of, of moral leadership, impeachment is a much more drastic idea. It would overturn the results of the last election. It's it's such a drastic remedy. It's only been raised twice against presidents in American history. Both times the impeachment effort failed. And um, uh, Democrats run the risk of getting too far out ahead of the evidence here and overplaying their hand. And Newt Gingrich, who was elected speaker by Republicans in 1994, uh, issues a stern warning to Democrats. He points out that, as he said over the weekend, we thought we had Bill Clinton on the ropes. They they launched an impeachment uh, proceeding against Bill Clinton, and much to their amazement and dismay, his public ratings actually went up as a result of the impeachment. And uh, Gingrich is warning Democrats not to overreach. I think they should listen to him. Yeah. Do Democrats have a good handle on whether or not they were voted in office to impeach or whether or not they were voted in office to accomplish other things on the agenda? On the agenda? Do, do, can Democrats differentiate the two? Have they been able to? You know, that again, that's a good question. I think it's pretty clear that Democrats were elected to hold the president accountable. If you look at the exit polls and questions that were asked, a very significant percentage of the voters who voted Democratic in the in the uh, off-year election said, I want to send a message to the White House. I'm voting uh, this way because I don't like pres- what President Trump is doing. So there's no doubt, I think, that they have a mandate to hold the president accountable through investigations, through votes, through questions. But that's different from impeachment. In the end, the the single most obvious way to hold the president accountable and the one that American tradition and Constitution provides is an election. President Trump has to stand for election in 2020. And I think that um, Uh, No matter how critical people are of the president and no matter how serious his political problems are, in the end, I think most Americans would say the real remedy for any discontent, the real remedy for any dissent is at the ballot box, not by impeachment. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo.